Welcome to Famicast 8. Uh, I am JC, and as always, I am joined by Mr. Danny Eshop Bivens. Hello. Please. And with us is our kind of new semi-regular special guest slash kind of becoming permanent member of the Famicast crew. It's uh, Mr. Nintendan Koopman. Were you, were you sticking with the Nintendo part? Sure. That's your, that's your full name, isn't it? That's on your birth certificate. Uh, well, I assume, anyway. <laughs> no, there's a couple of Dutch names that uh, nobody can really pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> well, good job you changed it to Nintendo then. So uh, <laughs> You're making me sad now. So um, uh, this, this uh, episode was a bit of a kind of a last minute, hey, let's do this thing right now. So unfortunately, Matt Walker couldn't be with us um, at this time. Uh, he'll be joining us next episode. Uh, so it's just the three of us. How's that sound? Well, you sent me that message at 10 a.m. in the morning, so uh, I had to decide <laughs> very quickly. Yes. <laughs> Wake up and get online. We're doing Famicast now. So what we've decided to do is we're going to... we've. We've, we're going to put our necks on the line. We're going to say one Famicast per month. Okay, it's a monthly. It's a monthly show. This is the January Famicast for 2012, the first one of 2012. Woohoo! Woo! And Woo. we will uh, we will strive to do one a month from now on, which is uh, which is a thing, you know. Before it was like every six weeks, eight weeks, couple of months if we felt like it. But you know, we're going to try and do this thing more regularly <laughs> still way not as regular as the other podcasts but hey you got those as well Famicast is always just a little addendum to those podcasts we will uh, have a pretty regular episode we've got uh, some talk about Japan and we've got our new business a little bit of news and a little bit of a listener mail to get through so we'll tackle all of that in this episode so please to enjoy So the uh, first little section we have, uh, which we started doing a couple episodes back, is the Life in Japan segment, and uh, we thought we'd uh, talk about something game-related this episode, right Danny? That's right. So what are we going to be talking about, Life in Japan, this time? Okay, so actually earlier last month, um, you know, in our staff email section, we Minoru just brought up like a really, really interesting thing that actually I had never even realized until he started actually talking about this, but basically started talking about the state of gaming journalism in Japan. And basically the way it is right now in Japan, I mean, you know, a lot of people have an image of, you know, hey, you know, Famitsu, you know, reviews, game stuff, man, there's tons of stuff like that, right? You know, tons of reviews and stuff like that all over the place. But, hmm. you know, when it really gets down to it, there's virtually no professional video game reviews out there in Japan. And the ones that are out there, they're so few and far between and so sporadic that it's just, it, it, I don't know, it's just completely different than what you see in like the Western markets and stuff well, like that. What Minoru said, he was saying that in the Famitsu, the famous uh, cross-review system that they have, where they have three or four reviewers and they, they each write... Um, a little review about each game. So you'll have like 
I think it's three or four games on a page, the four reviewers, and they, they'll each write a comment about the game. But these comments boil down to nothing more than like what's basically a tweet. Right. Uh, like, like not quite 140 characters, but um, the roundabout that <laughs> level of review, which is it's quite strange if you think about it. I mean, can you imagine opening up, you know, like in the a magazine in uh, in the Western market, you know, in Europe, in America, and just like this tiny little review, just one paragraph about, you know, Zelda Skyward Sword. It's like, yep, good controls, but, you know, whatever, end. It's <laughs> like, you just wouldn't have that, right? Right. But, um, in Famitsu, that's pretty much what it is. And then, you know, there's four reviews, they add up the scores, and then you know, that's out of 40. Mm-hmm. That's the score they give. Hmm. So, um, which seems to be, I mean, in the West, people seem to regard that as like, you know, the Holy Grail. It's like, oh, it got a 40 in Famitsu. Oh, my God. It's like, it's going to be the best game ever. You know, even... even the- <laughs> at least it was like that at one point. Maybe it not was so at one point. Maybe not so much now, but yeah. They've, they've given some pretty terrible <sighs> games, 40 out of 40, right? Right, um, right. Can, can anyone think of any uh, off the top of the head? Didn't they do that with like the original Nintendogs, I think? Nintendogs, yeah. But I mean, you know, it's not bad, but it's not, it's not like a 40 out of 40 game. Yeah. No way. And they're also, it's kind of known that, you know, they often give better scores for, <laughs> well, let's just say um, there can there are ways to get a better score in Famitsu without necessarily making a good game. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, but also, you know, it could also be partly down to the Japanese culture of like um, uh, honoring effort over you know, actual uh, actual good product. So, like, if they recognize that something is, uh, you know, something took a lot of effort to do or, you know, it's something kind of out there or, you know, they know a story behind the game, how it was made, you know, they're more likely to reward that, mm-hmm. you know, but in the Western market, in, you know, in the Western magazines, it's basically, it's very critical. It's, like, critical about everything about the game, you know, graphics, sound controls, gameplay, Mm-hmm. And that, and the score is based off that and only that, you know. Yeah. So you know something like Duke Nukem Forever or something. I mean, that took seven eight years to make, but you know who gives a shit? The game was a pile of crap, and it got crap scores when it when it eventually got released, right? Right. But yeah. if it was a Japanese game, that I mean, hey man, eight years in development—that's an eighty out of forty right there. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm getting at. You know. So it's like, well, it took them so long to make it, you know. Let's give them, let's give them that at least, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that wouldn't go down anywhere else. And you know, Minoru he went on to do a little bit of quick research on this too about uh, how many professional reviews in Japanese were published in 2011. And he went ahead and kind of broke it down a little bit. And the first thing he went and checked out were actually printed magazines, and he found absolutely no like full-on reviews in any kind of publication like in print out there i mean aside from the you know the tweet like reviews and famitsu and stuff like that i mean there's just really uh, nothing that we would consider a game review that was out there in japanese with people Hmm. um for websites it's a little bit different he found 10 let's see 10 games were actually reviewed on a few different websites and two sites that he found that were consistently offering reviews were kotaku japan and uh pretty a relatively bigger game site called four gamer here in japan um kotaku japan what they do they'll translate like the english reviews from you know the english version of kotaku uh so uh, let's see i think 
yeah, they only provided two full like uh, reviews of two games, and that was Skyward Sword and Street Fighter 3D Edition, Street Fighter 4 3D Edition. So I mean, that's <laughs> that's a little uh, you know skimpy, a little bit there. Let that just sink in to our listeners there. They re- they reviewed two games in the entirety of 2011. Yeah, just just think about that. At least Nintendo, <laughs> Nintendo Nintendo related games, right. Nintendo related games. Yeah, and Four Gamer they offer like more reviews, but it's still pretty spotty as well. So there are things like Nintendo Dream, which are like aimed you know very much at kids, right? But when I open them, it's basically my eyes melt at the amount of like Pokemon stuff, in it. <laughs> and it's like it's like every other page is an advert about Pokemon. Or, you know, something about Pokemon. <laughs> well, Pokemon is popular in Japan. You might as well call it Pokemon Dream, to be <laughs> honest. It's like, that's all it is. Yeah. Hey, I wouldn't be down for that. There's nothing There's nothing wrong with Pokemon. But, like, I mean, well, I think I got a new Super Mario Brothers DS. I think I got, a, like, a little guide in that. It was quite a nice little color-printed uh-huh. guide book mm-hmm. in that. Mm. I, I kind of found okay. a few secrets that I didn't know from that. That's pretty cool. Hmm. Um, so if you look out for those kind of things, but there's no, there's not much like criticism in those magazines. There's mm-hmm. not like, mm-hmm. you're not criticizing Pokemon games. They're just, you know, splurging over Pokemon games. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, you know, like I was saying with Kotaku Japan, there are only like two reviews. And like I said, translated from the English version, you know, the English version of the site. With 4Gamer, they're, let's see, 3DS, they had reviews for Ocarina of Time 3D, Star Fox 3D, Mario 3D Land, and Mario Kart 7. On the DS, uh, Shin Megami Tensei Devil Survivor 2. And then, I have no idea what this is, Norato, Nora, hold on, <laughs> Norato Toki no Kobo, Kiri no Mori no Majo. I don't even know what this game is. Um, and they also had a, a couple of reviews. A review, one review on the Wii, the last story, and then apparently they had a multi-platform one too for Need Need for Speed: The Run. I don't even think was that even on a Nintendo platform though. Yeah, that was on the Wii and 3DS. Okay, okay. And it was more, and it was very disappointing on both of them. <laughs> but I mean, this is incredible. It's like for the Wii, they had a review for the last story, but they didn't even have one for Skyward Sword, possibly the biggest Nintendo game of the whole Wii generation. And yeah. they don't even have a. I uh, just looked up the game you just said in the full sentence. It's an Altus RPG. Oh, okay. Well, there you, there you go. So no one played it then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're good games, but. Uh... They're very limited in uh, how they um, get an audience. So Minoru goes on to say at the end that um, most of these reviews sound to be very partial, as in incomplete, and sound as if they're more written by the PR side of things rather than you know reviewers mm-hmm. like critics. Mm. So they're obviously very favorable descriptions, and you know they're very you know uh, full of excitement and very few criticisms, if any. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and they're not really presented as a personal. They're only presented as a personal preference, mm-hmm. you know. Not really criticizing the game in general, saying you know, for example, I don't really like this kind of game, but you know, it's still an awesome game or something like that. You know, and um, I, I was doing a little bit more research on this. Not just in this, this kind of stuff isn't just limited to just the gaming, you know, gaming journalism in Japan. I mean, this is hmm. kind of spread across all facets of journalism. 
throughout Japan. I mean, talking about, uh, I was reading a lot of stuff about, like, in particular, like, politics and stuff like that, how mm. uh, the press is just really kind of limited about what they can say. Um, uh, there's, like, certain kind of, like, basically press clubs that, you know, that uh, certain journalists can get in, and once they're in there, then they're limited to the kind of questions that they can ask people. Um, they're limited what they could say in their publications. A lot of the well, times, you'll even have yeah. a lot of people just saying essentially the same thing. Well, t to be fair, there, there aren't any, you know, governmental restrictions on any of this. It's just that, True. you know, the, the those kind of uh, views are not really on the major sure. news channels or anything. They sure. kind of, you, mm. you have to find them. You have to know where to look for them. Kind of right. Thing. There's no such thing as like the Daily Show in Japan, for example. You right. Know? Just like a, a daily comical look at the news. There is nothing like that at all. You know. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to do that, you got to do it with your friends in the pub. <laughs> 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 do your own version of the Daily Show. Yeah, we should do that. <laughs> the Daily Show with Danny Bivens. Hey, there we go. It's, yeah, you have like two viewers. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> your parents. Yes. And they turn off halfway. Yeah, they would. That's fine. That's two viewers. That's fine. <laughs> so yeah, I, think, I thought that would be quite interesting for people to uh, to know about Japan and mm -hmm. uh, the differences there. Yeah, big differences. I mean, I do. I mean, the magazines, they're, they're beautiful magazines here, mm -hmm. and there's, there's lots of cool free stuff you get with mm -hmm. it. Like I was talking about the guides and stuff. Like, there's some really good stuff. Mm -hmm. And like the, the Pokemon magazines or the Nintendo Dream magazines, they often give away, um, you know, quite substantial free gifts, you know, sellotape to the front of it. Mm -hmm. um, but you're not going to read anything, you know, of worth in there <laughs> it's yeah. just just pretty pictures sure i mean you know occasionally maybe you'll have some kind of cool interviews with developers or you know stuff like that yeah. but it, i mean you know it's typically not going to be something that's going to be blowing your socks off well a good a good way for people to see a little glimpse of this is the iwata asks mm -hmm. i mean that's basically you know the depth of what <laughs> japanese uh, video game journalism is you know it's like one guy who really likes another guy asking him why he's so awesome and how awesome is he and how, and how did he become so awesome with this awesome game well to be to be honest with iwata asks it more Iw the developer iwata speaking to an other developer about development <laughs> yeah and he never asks anything yeah. critical does he and there, there's lots of laughing in it <laughs> <laughs> and hi hi yeah yeah, mm -hmm. Hi. lots of agreement. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, if there was a video of that, Iwata asks you, you could just see them all nodding in unison, just going like, "Hi, hi, hi," you know. Well, like... yeah. well, we see a few. Well, we see a few of them. There were a few during E3, and of course, uh, the infamous uh, Laugh Plus one during the last uh, Nintendo Direct. <laughs> that was frightening. I Iwata asks, sitting on a sitting on a sofa next to a virtual girlfriend. What does his yeah. What does his wife think? Is this, he's married, right? I, I assume. He's yeah, married. he's married. He's married. Yeah. yeah. Not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. I think the Love Plus girl was also uh, preferring to him as Iwata-san or something like that. Maybe Iwata-chan, kind of. Maybe. Yeah. Oh god, it was just terrible. I mean, the guy who's responsible for that game should be ashamed of himself. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure he's not married. <laughs> and never will be. Ah, uh, that, that's not very nice. To be really honest with you, I do do think it's an interesting product for the Japanese. Uh, but uh, it, it's not necessarily we are interested in. But I think 
Um, I think I said it in the in the connectivity episode. I think it's an interesting thing, but it's not necessarily something I would be interested in. But maybe that's the thing. I'm not Japanese. You're not. Get off this. Ep- get off this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you not too, too well Japanese? So many of us do the podcast all by himself. Then. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would would uh, if you listen to the connectivity connectivity episode with us. Oh yeah, actually, with us three guys, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The Love Plus demo that was going to be a seven, it was a Seven Eleven exclusive, and it got released, you know, onto the eShop generally. And uh, I downloaded it and felt very dirty afterwards, <laughs> and uh, had to have a couple of showers to get rid of that feeling <laughs> of that demo off me. And I felt confused because I had nothing of the the stuff I was interested in, just a photo mode. So okay. hey. What, what what other modes are they? The chloroform mode, the uh, upskirt mode. No, it's the uh, peephole no, mode, the glory no, hole no. mode. What <laughs> <else is> it? <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> what else can they put in there? It it it's basically Love Plus is having uh, a virtual relationship, so uh, gifts, talking, that sort that sort of things. And what they focused on in the demo was uh, talking very few sentences, but mostly 2D photography. Right. And that's nothing I am particularly interested in if I want to see something related to Love Plus. If I want to see a demo of that, I want to see at least what the game actually offers instead of this simple, not very helpful mode. I think what one feature they could do is like um, a kind of AR mode where you use the camera in real life and they put the put the girl in the real world and you have to kind of stalk her. And uh, move the camera around so you can't be spotted, things like that. If it's not in the game, it'll be in the sequel. <laughs> but I, th- I think you can actually take a picture in New Love Plus, and um, um, the girl will actually move around in an environment, and it actually can recognize death and that sort of thing, so that is pretty impressive. Yeah. The stalking simulator. They should do that in more games, using the depth of the 3D to. Uh, to actually let um, the virtual character move around it. I would be very interested in that. Yeah. Well, I think that's we've talked about all we can talk about this uh, little bit. So uh, let's move on to the next section, which is new business. Okay, so new business. Don, what have you got for us in this Japanese side of things? Um, I basically played two things. Uh, first of all, I played uh, Picross E2, which is the second downloadable Picross game for the eShop in Japan. Um, is the E, e mean eShop? Or like I don't know. E mean? means digital, I suppose, in this case. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, electronic? Um, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, email? I, I have no idea. <laughs> um, so basically the first one was um, basically an introduction for people who weren't into PicCross or uh, need a reminder what PicCross was all about. Um, the second one is more... It has more advanced puzzles. And one of the new elements they introduce is that they have like this full uh, portrait of like Mona Lisa. And you have to um, do all these 
little pieces of the painting piece, piece by piece, and you have this these smaller uh, Piquas puzzles we have to solve to complete the entire piece, and it is uh, it's a very fun and addictive mode. It will keep you occupied for much longer than the usual puzzle does, and you can freely save and come back to them. And um, yeah, there, it's a lot more worth it if you're really an addicted Piquas player. So that's a lot of fun. I've only ever played Picross 3D on the DS. Um, is it a lot simpler than Picross 3D, or is uh, it around it's, about it's, the same? It's just a normal Picross, basically. It's not Picross. I've never played. It's kind of strange because I I started with the 3D Picross. It's like yeah. I can't imagine what 2D Picross is. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> is it so? It's just X and Y uh, coordinates, right? Yeah. But uh, it, and then I should download possibly the first one and see what that is all about. The games. Um, How much was that uh, E2 one? Um, both are like 600, 600 yen. Okay. So that's both have a, a big amount of puzzles, like over two hundred. Wow. Yeah. Nice. How does that compare to Pushmo? Pushmo is two hundred fifty. Two hundred fifty. Two hundred, and then you can unlock like the last fifty. Nice. Um, so I mean, it's, you know, it's relatively close in terms of, I guess, scope. Well, you guys have had um, Pushmo for much longer than anyone else. Have you managed to do everything? No. I mean, uh, yeah. Everything? All 250? Yeah. Really? Wow. Nice. Do you get anything extra? or? Um, no, I didn't. At least I don't think so. No, I didn't. Alternative title screen or anything? No? <laughs> no, no, no. Different nappy for your sumo guy? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, okay. Oh, I have been still been downloading like puzzles from the internet and making my own, so I've still been busy with that. Hmm. Um, but Piquas E, it's more a straightforward puzzle game. Um, for people who are, not, who are just starting with it again, you should possibly start with the first one, and the second one is then more to advance your skill and just give you a harder challenge overall, because the first one actually has very small puzzles, like 5x5, um, five five, I believe. And the the second one directly starts by 10x10 ten ten and then moves gradually upward. So um, that's something to look into. And both, they're pretty worth it, I would say. Pretty substantial. And they're also pretty challenging for um, puzzle players. So it's really worth a look. Nice. And do they have lots of Nintendo-themed puzzles? Like uh, classic mm, characters or whatever? Not really. Not really, no. Okay. Um, although you could say that you could download Mario's Pick Class for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do know that the new Picross, what, it's based on, like, uh, artwork and stuff like that, like classical artwork and stuff. Uh, I see. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I don't think Super Mario's really considered that just yet. <laughs> Maybe one it day. Is? Come on. <laughs> the, the 8-bit Mario sprite, that's, come on, that's art. Okay, I mean, that is. But, but <laughs> those, but those, and again, those puzzles, those, um, those, those painting puzzles take you a long time. I think with the first one, because I, of course, wasn't really... Um, familiar with it, it took me 40 minutes to complete. Oh, wow. And the second one, 20 minutes. So you get gradually better, but it can also become gradually harder. So, hmm. it's, um, it's, yeah, it's really worth your money. And then the second thing hmm. I've been playing is Kiki Trick. 
Nice, the Wii game. The newest, yeah. newest Wii game. From the WarioWare team. Mm-hmm. Which is now based around sound. Instead of... Oh, well, it's still crazy. I would still say it's uh, pretty in, it's pretty off-topic and doesn't have an, does have just one direction. It takes the several elements of sound and basically puts it in the game. So, for example, there's this mini-game where you have, like, three uh, televisions and they all play a similar clip, but all three all sound different or have in different interactions. So you have to recognize what's the right television. If you don't, you uh, you get um, one life um, removed from view and you have two left. And you continue uh, this onslaught till you have no left. And it's pretty tough. Okay, so that's similar to the WarioWare games then, right? Yeah. Just like a one level after another thrown at you and then you just got to answer yeah. quickly. Yeah. I think the first I got was 20. And... The first I saw somebody go is 60, so I don't know how far, how they managed that, but uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty difficult. So Dan, you're studying Japanese, right? You know a little bit of Japanese, so uh, you're having no problem with this game, language-wise. Um, mostly not, um, except mm-hmm. for one exercise where you um, hear an entire sentence. And basically, you have to click various buttons to make that sentence on screen. And that's a rather difficult one for me. The rest is basic Japanese stuff. It's not that hard. Just mm-hmm. one piece of a sentence. So I can quickly figure out what it exactly is. Um, but through the complexity of that one exercise, it becomes pretty difficult to continue sometimes. Um, so you have to uh, make an entire sentence Yeah. Fr- from th- from three or four different parts of a sentence yeah okay yeah that sounds tough that sounds tough that would be challenging for anyone well even japanese people who are supposed to be playing this game right <laughs> yeah so yeah so but, I, uh, you wouldn't recommend anyone importing it unless they're you know at least a basic understanding of japanese yeah basically yeah um Again, the mini games are crazy. They are what you expect from the warrior team. Another one is like um, you're a doctor, and you basically have to fix sound. So some sound are played backwards. They are in a, a wrong order. You have to put them in the right order and make sure that they sound correctly. I see. And another one is that um, that the bartender mixes up a drink of different sounds, and you have to decide. Uh, which sounds are are in the mix? Like you have different sports sounds, and that may include a bowling, bowling pins, a crowd um, screaming, and a soccer ball kicked. Mm. And it, and those all of those become progressively harder if you move on and uh, rank up levels. There are three different levels of play. Um, all all the things. You play through first on level 1, then you go to level 2, and then you go to level 3. There are also um, these unlockable gadgets, just like in the WarioWare games, called Auto Goods. Which are basically like um, crazy things you can do with sound. Like you have this uh, guy eating ramen and you can let him fart on um, on a beat of music. (laughs) Of course you can. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely WarioWare then. 
<laughs> so um so dan i gotta ask you this this game it it very it, i mean it sounds interesting but this is a retail game and this yeah. very much sounds like somebody messing around with like the dsi or the 3ds sound app and mixed with you know some warioware crazy mini games but it's on a disc is it would you think would this classify as a retail disc in your opinion would it be more suited yeah, to yeah, a, yeah. a downloadable it's, game it's pretty substantial yeah okay because there, there was another game like another exclusive to japan game which just kind of baffled me it was um the kind of google searching game uh it was kind of it was called oh i've forgotten the title it was like sagasu something something and it was like uh how many millions of people you know eat this kind of noodle in japan and it's like based on google results and you <laughs> had to yeah. choose you know a b c or d and it was like a you know a party family game and it was just the art style it was just so basic it was kind of like those big brain training games that we saw like right at the beginning of the wii's life mm-hmm. i mean yeah. i mean now the stuff we have on WiiWare, i mean you know, it's like how much they can do with downloadable games now. It's like, why isn't that a downloadable game? I mean, it's it's probably barely using five percent of a DVD. It's like this these games and Kiki Trick to me looks like one of those games. It's like it doesn't look like it. well, sure, it's maybe got some video clips on or whatever, but the rest of the game it's pretty much just little sound clips and text boxes. You know, it doesn't to me look like a you know, as worthy as like a Mario Party game, you know, where there's a lot going on and there's lots of mini games and, you know, 3D graphics and everything. Personally, I think the the game is quite big, so I okay. think it really deserves to be on disc. Okay. Um, and it's very different from the Google game, which is basically internet info, which you can search <laughs> up online and cheat your way through this game, which right. basically means you will be done with it in an hour. <laughs> Safe search on or off? Anyway. <laughs> 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 um, but um, with this game it's really based on your skill it's really based on how you can recognize sound and they have also these various, various types and changes to the various stages it's a lot of fun Okay, so is it, is it a, it's a party game like 2, 3, 4 players oh yeah um, so there, there are two ways to, two ways more people can play with you do you have any Japanese friends in Holland or <laughs> Um, well, there are a few I study with, although they don't really live by me um, okay. in the near area. But maybe I will bring my Wii along sometime, I don't know. We'll see. Because um, it wouldn't be very fair playing with someone else, you know. <laughs> it doesn't understand what the hell's going on. Like, hey mom, want to play a game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that would be pretty mean. Yeah. Um, so. Something Danny would do, but... Yes, because I have to win. But. Yeah. So... Um, there are two ways other people can participate. Um, first one, they can actually join you in your single-player quest. Okay. So, um, if you're unsure if, about your own abilities, you can actually um, um, drag another person along and they can press another answer for you. Or you can compete with one another to see who is actually uh, better in the, in the single-player exercises. Um, that's one way, and another way is just there's a pure battle mode, like for example that mini game I just mentioned with the televisions. You can, pl- can uh, play it with up to four people, um, only with their um, several life bars, and continue till there's just one person left. Okay. Oh, I have a question. 
Is it any of this sound coming out the Wii remote speaker? Uh, a few sound stars, yeah. Yikes. <laughs> that, that scares me. So, you know, you've already got something like uh, Danny likes to... But then you've got that coming through the Wii remote speaker. So it basically sounds like... <laughs> so you're like, huh? <laughs> it's like you don't even know the words that's supposed to be clear. No, it's it's more simple sounds that come off the, okay. the remote. The spoken sentences are really on the television. Okay. <laughs> Thank God for that. And they're basically two different, uh, two different modes. One is basically based around the Japanese sentences and recognizing sound in those uh, with various characters. And then there is uh, Mini Professional, which are the mini games I just talked about, and those are eight different characters in total. Okay. Cool. And this is, a, and this is pretty much a very WarioWare um, upgrade system, but um, imagine this. It's Jimmy from uh, from WarioWare, except um, you're playing all level 1 Jimmy, then level 2 Jimmy, then level 3 oh, okay. Jimmy. Is, he, is Jimmy the guy with the afro? Yeah. Are there any um, Nintendo character references or sounds or anything um, in the game? I saw a few during the television one. I saw, um, for example, uh, Super Mario Kart. Okay. Uh, where they had four different uh, track sounds playing, and you have to recognize the right one. Oh, right. Cool. It's fun. It's really more fun, but you have to know a bit of Japanese to actually play. Not too much. Um, I think you can get through most of it um, knowing it particularly well. Um, but some of the stuff later on is maybe required for more Japanese speakers. Right. Okay then, so Danny, what do you got, dude? Yeah, so here recently in Japan, uh, Rhythm Thief, this came out. It's uh, you know Sega uh, published and developed rhythm game, kind of like rhythm puzzle-based game. Basically, the story kind of circles around this dude. Um, in the Japanese version, his name's Ralph. I think I've read somewhere in the English version they call him like Raphael or something, but um, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Anyways, uh, it takes place in Paris, and... Uh, Basically, your guy, he, he's a thief. He likes to, I guess, take treasure and, like, some kind of maybe art, like, some kind of uh, art, artifacts, stuff like that, arts. And um, he'll take it and then, like, have it for a little bit and then return it. Uh, <laughs> I guess he kind of gets, like, a rush out of getting it or something. It's usually him and his dog, Fondue, that just go and do this. Because, like, at the beginning of the game, he's, like, in his little school sweater. And he's like, hey, I'm Ralph. I got a secret. I'm a thief. It's like, okay, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's very, it's all like very well done and stuff. The uh, animation on it, it looks incredibly sharp. Um, it's really cool because like they do, you know, they're obviously doing like the uh, animated cutscenes in 3D and uh, mm. it, it just looks pretty amazing. I mean, you could get a real good sense of depth in the animated cutscenes. Um, it just looks really sharp. And then you know, they have in the game when they're having like conversations and stuff too, they have like a two dimensional, you know, sprites and stuff like that that look very well very very nice very very bright very colorful look great and uh like for the actual action sequences in the game when you're going through and like doing uh, the rhythm based stuff uh it's like, kind of like cell shaded like cell shaded 3d models and um i don't know it just, it just looks really really nice so so did you buy this because the demo was so good 
No, I just bought it because I <laughs> actually I was, I'm just watching videos. I didn't even play the demo. I just I played the demo like back at like Tokyo Game Show, and I right. thought it was pretty cool. And then I just been watching a couple of videos on it recently, and I just thought it looked really sharp. I you know I'm I'm a fan of rhythm games. Um, you know I'm a big fan of the Oendon games, Elite Beat Agents. Those are you know a lot of fun on the DS. Uh, so I think if you even have the, the slightest interest in these kind of games, uh, you would probably really dig this game. It, it's really well done, really sharp-looking visuals. Um, I don't know, it's just a really engaging game. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah, the demo is good. I mean, the, I think the demo that's on the eShop now is the TGS demo, pretty much mm-hmm. the same, yeah. isn't it? And there's like... I think there's five different modes in it, so there's a lot of variation, isn't there? Mm-hmm. I remember, I remember one of them reminded me of, like you said, Oendan. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the there's the circles, uh, you know, content, concentric circles, you know, and you've got to time it with mm-hmm. the hits, right? Yep. And then there was another one that reminded me of Bit Trip Runner, where you're just running along the rooftops and you've just got to hit <laughs> slide or jump. Yeah, that part it's kind of crazy because like you, <laughs> you just get out from like stealing like some kind of an artifact or something, and then the mm-hmm. police are out there, and then they're like, "Oh, we got the special police force that are on roller skates. They're gonna come and get you." And it's like, <laughs> what? And they're like roller skating after you on rooftops, and it's like, <laughs> okay. That's well, this is Paris, you know. Yeah, so I guess else. that's normal. I've only been to Paris once, but I didn't see any of those guys. <laughs> maybe, they, maybe they only come out at night. I have no idea. Don, have you ever been to Paris at nighttime and seen this stuff? I, I don't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> so they're chasing you across the rooftops. And it, actually, it's pretty fun. You're, you're just uh, going along with the beat, pressing A uh, to like jump over guys that are coming at you. Press B to like duck under crap. And uh, it's just really fun, really cool. And if, if you do it well, then his kind of voice kind of fits in with the music, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's, then it's they'll, like... you'll hear like somebody be like, nice! And it's like yeah. start saying crazy <laughs> stuff too. It's like, okay. I wonder if they'll keep that. I had a question about this. Um, in the demo, there were you got coins after every single mission. What do you do with these coins? There's a, a couple of different things you can do with the coins. Um, you can buy some kind of like items that you can use. I just like took a glance at them. I haven't really got to use any of them. Another thing okay. that I, I did see, you can buy like movies from the game. Probably, I'm assuming, because at the time when I saw them, I only had like six coins, so I couldn't buy them, but I'm assuming just like kind of like movies from the game that you would have already seen, the animated cutscenes, etc. Yeah. I, I, know, I know from the screenshot there wasn't sound test, so you could listen to the music from yeah. uh, from the game. These, yeah. these are not play coins. These are no, no, in, no. in-game. In-game, no, like in-game, in-game currency. Currency, yes. yeah. yeah. Okay. Can you see any play coin uh, features? Like you can use them to unlock you know, in-game coins or whatever? I didn't see anything like that. Okay. I, again, I wasn't really looking for that, but... Uh, any street I, pass, spot pass? I there could be there's a apparently it's um it's it's I've heard their street bus stuff but I don't know what it what they could be doing is maybe the scores or something yeah, like that score I, attack, that's yeah. what I'm assuming um yeah that'd be cool just to challenge someone's best score that you oh, yeah. buy that would oh, make yeah. sense yeah and I was looking on like the the website for the game and I guess there's some kind of like a web ranking thing that you can do I was trying to. I get the page to like load up and stuff, but it wasn't really loading, so I I couldn't really get it completely figured out. But so I, the the official website. Yeah, I think you can uh, go online, and um, I don't know if you can battle people. Um, you you can do in some Sega games, um, but you can put up uh, your scores on some of the rhythm games. I, I think there's local multiplayer in there. I'm not sure about online. Could be right, wrong. right. 
Oh, so there's local, like uh, I, single card download or something? I believe so. Oh, that's cool. Um, like I said, to... I don't really have anybody to play it with, so I... <laughs> I'll have to try that out sometime. Yeah. Cool. Um, so this is coming to the West, right? Yeah, right now it has a release date of March 30th for Europe, and it's kind of a tentative release date in America right now. It just says early 2012, and no concrete word as of yet when it's coming to Australia. Nice. I, w- I wonder if they'll put the demo out before the game comes That's out. It's possible. I mean... Well, they already announced the demo, so... Oh, nice. Oh, okay. okay. Well, there you go. There you go. Awesome. The, the the title is quite different, isn't it, in Japan, uh, Japanese and English? Yeah, it's Japan, like, it's... Way longer. Yeah, it's like, Rizum Kaito Aru, Kote Napoleon Oisan. It's like, Rhythm Thief R. Uh, like, the... Try to some kind of like treasure Napoleon's legacy or something of of his legacy or something, but that reminds me, um, the the TV advert. Have you seen it? I have not. Oh, it's crazy. Dan, have you ripped the TV commercial and put it on online yet? Or yeah, yeah. Have you? So you've seen them, right? It's like this guy screaming at the top of his lungs. Oh, I have seen that one in in slow motion. They've got like this, you know, ultra slow motion camera. So it's this guy going, you know, just for like 30 seconds, (laughs) this comedian screaming at the top of his voice. It's like, it's so weird. Another one I saw too, they were like, they kept going like, Basically, the celebrities that kept going across each other saying, like, what does R mean? Because it, yeah, in, the, yeah. t- in the title, there's the R. I'm assuming it probably just stands for Ralph, the guy's name. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> the, the, all the people in the commercial are wearing the kind of black suit and, and hat like yeah. the Ralph guy is. Mm-hmm. Slash Raphael. But I was, um, why I was interested in this game, um, I am still have it on pre-order. It still hasn't shipped yet, unfortunately. Um that it reminds me a lot of older Sega rhythm games. Like, there's a part that really looks familiar to me of somebody on Mego. Um, so, uh, there was a section that reminded me of Space Channel 5, and there's some of the music that reminded me of um, other Sega games from the past. So, Yeah, you are fighting people. I think there's, there's one level where you fight people, right? Which is Yeah, there like is. There is. Space that's actually Channel a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. So I, that's why I can't wait for this game, because it reminds me so much of the stuff that they previously done and I loved, mm-hmm. so I can wait to play this. Yeah, I think I think we'll have piqued people's interest in this game because I know there are a lot of uh, Oendan fans out there. Oh yeah, and uh, and the Bitrip Bitrip Runner game as well. Mm-hmm. So you got all of those games in one. Oh yeah, and I mean, like, like I said, this is just a, it's just a really well done thing. Uh, the artwork is really great. It's really colorful. The 3D animation, the animated segments are awesome. Um, it's just a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, and I think it's worth your money. Is the story like funny, interesting? It's it's pretty interesting. Like the beginning of the game starts out, we're like, I don't know. It's some kind of like this. I think like forming of like this kind of gang of Napoleon or something, resurrecting him from the dead. I don't know. It's kind of bizarre. And then you know, it gets a little bit lighthearted. <laughs> yeah. Then it gets a little bit lighthearted because it's focusing on Ralph, and he's like, Oh, hey. I'm, you know, I got a secret. I'm a thief, and you know, starts doing like that kind of stuff. And that's cool, as long as they're tying it all together with some kind of story. Yeah, and it's it's a little bit more serious too, because I guess like Ralph's dad's gone, and he doesn't know where he is or something, and uh, you know, kind of some stuff like that. So, okay. I'm also hearing he gets in a love relationship later. Yeah, I'd, well, I just ran if, into. Uh... I'm assuming the the female, you know, protagonist or whatever. Um, she's, <clears throat> excuse me, she's yeah, 
right there, and he had to like save her from dudes that were trying to. Was she called Sophie? So- I, I don't remember because like I just played it, and I don't remember what they said her name <laughs> was. <laughs> Great, huh? Oh, well. Danny played yeah. it an hour ago. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> oh well. Gone. That's cool. And you might be able to play as her later on, mate. Maybe. Maybe not. Boom. Who knows? Okay, then I'll finish up new business and because uh, I don't buy as many games as you guys. <laughs> I'm still playing Mario Kart 7, which, um, as I mentioned in uh, the previous episode, I was going to get for Christmas, and I did get for Christmas. Thank you, annual gift man. Um, so, yeah, I've been playing that pretty much uh, nonstop. I mean, if you remember, you guys all warned me because uh, I said, I might, I might dive straight into 150 CC because I just can't be bothered with grinding <laughs> through 50 and 100. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I kind of went in between. I, mm-hmm. I went for 100. Mm-hmm. I thought, I, you know, 50 is going to be too easy. So I tried 100. I got three stars and a gold on my first attempt. You know, mm. I've never, nice. I've never, I've never played this these tracks in my life. Right? These are the new, the new cup, the new tracks. So I thought, okay. I'm not going to do this. I can't be bothered to, you know, just breeze through it. So I went straight into 150 and I went through all the cups. I think I got gold on almost all of them except maybe four. I got like a couple of silvers and uh, a, a bronze for like the special cup, you know, the hardest one. That's so pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> this is like on my first run through, you know, I'd never played <laughs> these tracks in my life. And I thought, okay, I think I did the right choice here. So it, it wasn't that especially challenging but you know it was it was a lot of fun you know it's not uh i just don't find you know going along at just 50cc that pace you know, i just don't find it fun you know i'm, I'm a veteran here come on <laughs> i played all the games i've done everything on all the games even the ones that i didn't like like double dash you know i still did everything so uh, yeah i really liked it and even mm. even the all-star cup oh god especially the all-star cup <laughs> i Bloody hate the All Star Cup and Double Dash. Isn't that just every track in in one go? Yeah, in in one progression session. Oh. Don't don't get me started on Double Dash because we'll be here for hours. Um, I don't I don't actually don't really hate Double Dash. It's just that uh, I, I do. don't like the All Star Cup. Yeah. Well, enough about uh, why I don't like Double Dash. I'll I want to tell you what what I. Well, first of all, I do I do like the game a lot. I think it it's great. The controls are great. Looks great. The 3D is fantastic. New tracks are great. All of that. Um, but I do have quite a few little niggles because, as you know, there's only ever one Mario Kart game per system. So this is all yeah. we're gonna have for the 3DS. You know, however long the 3DS lasts. You know, four or five years. This is all we're gonna have. And there's just so many little disappointments in it that. It kind of makes me a little bit, you know, uh, depressed about it. Um, like, first of all, like the, the street passing thing is great. But um, so I get like 10 street passes a day. I get 10 people's ghosts. And, you know, I've discovered that these aren't actually their ghosts. It's just hmm. like it's just a computer controlled um, version. It's like they're me. Uh and then they're just computer controlled, so they 
there's a certain time maybe it's their maybe it's their lap times but it's not actually their ghost it's not their exact okay movements mm. so if i if i street past you uh danny and then i would say oh why did you uh make that mistake on that corner you said i didn't do that you know that's it's not you doing it mm-hmm. okay that's um, kind of lame but m- worse than that though is that the coins that we get you know the coins uh uh, that you get from in the GP mode, you don't get any coins for beating the uh, street pass ghost. You don't get anything. Um, I remember reading in an interview or seeing in an interview that you're supposed to get like machine parts or you're supposed to get something for beating these ghosts. You know, that's the whole point. You street pass people, you challenge them and you beat them and you get stuff. You don't <laughs> get anything. You don't get coins, you don't get parts, you don't get anything. So it's literally... Uh, just just to beat people's times, you know, which aren't even actually the person's real ghost anyway. So it just feels very, very, just a very shallow and unrewarding experience. And, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like my favorite uh, recent Mario Kart memory is uh, Mario Kart Wii. All the staff were playing this game. And it was like the top three guys, I think it was like me, uh, Johnny Metz and Greg. And we were just like battling it out. Mm-hmm. for like the fastest times and it, and it, i remember it's just like me and greg at one point we were just like passing ghosts back and forth on this one track you know i would beat his ghost and then you know a, a couple of days later he would send me another ghost back and then you know and he'd shaved off like two hundredths of a second you know <laughs> and then i would spend all night trying to beat his ghost and it, it was just so much fun seeing his all the rankings you know because you could have the worldwide rankings the the local rankings and then your friends rankings so you could see, you know, who's the best out of people on your friends list, and all yeah. of the, none of that is in Mario Kart Seven at all. It's just, it's just a random bunch of like street pass and spot pass ghosts just dumped onto the time trial, and it's like, who are these people? I don't care about these people. Where are my friends? I, I as yeah. much as I don't like to admit it, I totally agree with you. Yeah, it's like I, I, I want to see what my friends are doing. Yeah. People, many people say that Mario Kart Seven is possibly the best Mario Kart, and I don't see it. I definitely don't see it. Um, well, the, just the 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 actual, you know, the core gameplay is fantastic, and it looks excellent. And I I can't fault any of the tracks and the retro tracks that Retro Studios did are fantastic. Like what they did, updated them is just amazing. Like the uh, the SNES Rainbow Road one. I mean that's yeah. just it's just genius what they did to that. It's just I, so I, good. I still love racing on Coconut Mall for Mario Kart Wii. It's yeah, it's wonderful. Little things but, like that, yeah. But Fantastic. It's, it's it it do, is disappointing that they remove a lot of interesting features. For example, I miss a mission mode. Yeah, that was going to be my next point. The mission mode is just completely gone. I mean, yeah, I, I thought that's what Spot Pass was going to be when they said Spot Pass. You know. Every, every every morning, you know, I wake up, my 3DS, the blue light is on, you've got Spot Pass for Mario Kart. Okay, what have I got? Oh, I've got some random bunch of ghosts that I don't, don't give a shit about. Thank you. You know, I'm never going to race against these people. And uh, I actually turned off Spot Pass because I've got Street Pass on, but I turned off Spot Pass because I just don't care about these ghosts that they're sending me. It's like, I don't give a shit. I don't know who these people are. I want you to send me... I want you to Spot Pass me... Uh, the latest time that Greg has done, and I want to kick his ass, and I don't want to know what some like random guy in Australia did. You know, <laughs> it's like I don't give a shit about that guy. 
And that's what we actually hope for, right? Uh, when we have friends in our friends list, we want to compete against them instead, except for instead from other random people around the world. Yeah. Um, but they didn't, and yeah. that makes it disappointing. So, and then the the online stuff. I mean, the online is 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 very. I mean, it's functionally excellent. Like it works perfectly and the uh the new thing that they did with the friends list you know how you can join like dan i joined i joined you right we we play games very easily that way yeah um and the community is great but you know again the community they missed out you know you can't edit the community after you've created it so if you want to change it to a battle mode instead of a, a race you can't do that you have to make an entirely new community which is what i did by the way, quick quick plug. There's two fan. I still find ones. it strange that you can do that. All that functionality is still in like mul local multiplayer, mm -hmm. and that, that they still can do it like in 2011, 2012. They still can edit that in a in a multiplayer mode. Yeah. So um, yeah, the the online. I mean, it's yeah, it's good, but there's there's a there's a lot of things missing from it. Um, yeah. What I, is what I wanted to say. Um, and I guess the the local multiplayer is fine, you know, uh, the the single card and everything. I've yeah. pl I've played single card and multi card with people, and it's, it's flawless and it's very very good. And uh, uh, you can do Grand Prix together, and you do get coins for that, and you can help each other out. You know, you can unlock stuff on each other's carts and everything. That's great. Yeah. Um. Uh. But uh, yeah, the street pass and spot pass thing is quite very disappointing. And how much they're advertising these ghosts, you know, like you can now do seven ghosts at once. But when you do that, it's seven unknown people. It's, it's seven people you don't give a shit about. You know, what if all of those seven people you were racing against were all your friends? You can't do that. So what's the point? It's, it would make a ton of difference for me. Yeah, it really would. Um, because... I still I still have Mario Kart Seven usually in my in my 3DS, and then I open it and see oh there's a spot pass light, and I just don't care anymore. Yeah. Like the first two weeks, I did a lot of uh, I kept up with it, played a lot of tracks, tried to finish them properly, tried to finish all those street pass ghosts. Uh, most of the time, I won. A few times they were pretty difficult, um, but two weeks after, I was like, I don't care anymore. Yeah. I mean, ironically, the the Mario 3D Land ones are actually, you know, more more interesting. Even though they're just stupid little mystery boxes, at least you can do something and you get a coin at the end of it. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but with this one, you literally get nothing apart from the chance to try and beat your own time or beat this guy's time. You know. So yeah. It feels it feels rushed. Yeah, it does feel rushed. Yeah, there's there's just like they're on the verge of doing it perfectly and then they just kind of stopped and said oh we can't finish it so let's just you know take it out or let's just leave it there you know, <laughs> let's leave it unfinished that part of it it's still good enough so you know whatever <laughs> yeah well done for doing that in a year i think it was around about a year they made that game you know well mm -hmm. done well yeah. done for doing that but <laughs> i wouldn't have minded waiting a little bit longer for <laughs> all of those extra features but yeah Got to wait another five years for the 4DS before we can get another <laughs> one of those. The, the, the thing is, the, the thing is, you don't see that at all. The rushed thing with Super Mario 3D Land—they took every single piece by piece and made mm -hmm. it uh, worthwhile, substantial. Yeah. Um, but if you look at it, Mario Kart 7, um, 
it fits together as one package, but um, it feels like they had to knit it all together just to make it fit. So fingers crossed for Mario Kart 8 or Mario Kart HD or whatever it's going to be called. Uh, fingers crossed they get it all right there. They have to get online right. <laughs> Mario Kart Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, that would be better than Mario Kart U anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you can just see them calling it that, right? Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> do not want. Yeah, yeah no do one. not want. Actually, yeah, that that'd be interesting to know what James Jones thinks of that. Would he rather it, it's called Mario Kart 8 or Mario Kart U? <laughs> Two of the worst <laughs> names to call it. How about you combine them together? Mario Kart U8? Eight U? <laughs> Mar- Mario, Kart, Mario Kart Tablet Dimension. There you go. That's we have a winner. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's enough shitting on Mario Kart 7. Um, <laughs> let's move on to some news. Okay, so the first bit of news, what have we got, Dan? Dan? Danny? Which? Huh? <laughs> the, the American one. Okay, I, guess, I, think, I think that's me. Um, <laughs> so first of all, what we have here, Theatrhythm Final Fantasy is one thing that we've known for a while. It's going to have paid DLC. Um, something interesting that's shown up here in the past couple of uh, days, well, by the time this gets out, it's probably about a week old, but hey. Um, <laughs> anyways, that, you know, <laughs> oh. not... Yes, old. Not, not only paid DLC, but also some kind of Nintendo network support. Um, some pictures showed up, basically featuring a th- pictures from the the I guess dummy box sort of the game. And uh, on the back of the th- on the back of the box, it says something about you know like hey you know there's like downloadable contents that you can get. And um, then it shows on the front of it that there's some kind of a like a an in in like an orange box and it says Nintendo Network. Um, so. Obviously, this is some, unless it's fake, which I doubt. Uh, well, it could be. Um, this is going to well, be... S- Go ahead. Well, we have been using Nintendo, Nintendo Network actually for a while now. Mm-hmm. Right, on, on Mario Kart, right? Mario Kart yeah. 7. Yeah. I think this is just their new name for the Nintendo Wi-Fi connection, which is sounding a little bit antiquated. <laughs> but, well, Nintendo yeah. Wi-Fi connection is a, is a lengthy and... Too much saying names, so I like yeah. the sound of Nintendo <laughs> Network way better. Nintendo's <laughs> online connectivity system for connecting your devices to the intrawebs. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's the official title. Right. Yeah. So I, I guess this is going to be the Wii U one as well, right? Yeah. We can only, uh, we can yeah. only hope. So, so this um, there is a rumor as well, um, completely unsubstantiated as as of this moment, but that the this Nintendo network is going to be uh, some kind of uh, like username based thing. So you know, uh, going to somehow tie the Wii U and the 3DS together. This could be just a, you know one of those wishful rumors that people are starting and hoping that it comes true and. Let me just be the first one to say, yes, I really do hope that is true. And I started the rumor. No, 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 <laughs> I didn't, but, you know. <laughs> this is from an inside source, so there's maybe yeah. some credibility to it. We hope and so. And there was also um, another thing that happened. I don't know if it was E3 or another thing, but um, it was a developer from Ubisoft saying, yes, there is something like of a kind of a gamer tag coming to Wii U. 
Yeah, what I would hope is that when you register, as part of the registration system, it says, please enter your 3DS uh, system code. And then that's all you need to do. Then it's linked. Like all your systems are linked. Better yet, why not even just use like your Club Nintendo account or something like that? Well, um, that's asking too much, Danny. Come on. <laughs> excuse that's just me. Pie in the sky. Here, Sorry. I, that just, it's just to, it's <laughs> totally not doable. Sorry. Or maybe even just con connect your 3DS to it. Right? It's very easy. It's very easy if you would just change basically um, the terms of service of uh, the Club Nintendos for all three regions. It would be doable to change it into that. Mm hmm. Yeah, or maybe just even connect the 3DS. Like, just turn the 3DS, 3DS on, and then it finds it, and then, you know, links it to your Wii U or something. You know, that would make sense. I mean, that's probably why it won't happen. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Um, one other thing about the Nintendo Network thing and the Etrith and Final Fantasy, uh, one thing that I guess they're thinking that this could mean, you know, with, the, you know, there's a new, uh, in the firmware, the new thing for like the pay transaction support added uh, from Nintendo with, you know, the last firmware update. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, with the downloadable contents coming, you know, to this game, you know, DLC, it's possible that this is going to be supported with this. I don't see how else you can get the downloadable content unless you would actually, well, unless you'd have to go into the eShop and download it, like, you know, separately. Um, mm. In-game yeah. would be seeming like the, the, the logical way to do it, but I mean, you know, with... Well, they did it with WiiWare games. Okay, so... Yeah, the Final they, Fantasy game. The, that, right? the Final Fantasy uh, games, the My uh, Life is a Dark Lord or My Life is a King, mm -hmm. uh, there was a separate option in uh, the main menu for downloadable content. Mm -hmm. uh, there you could uh, just spend your uh, Wii points without going to the Wii Shop channel. Well, there we go. That, that was the $10 game that ended up costing like 70 if you bought everything <laughs> or something ridiculous. Yeah, well, there, there, are, there, are, there are problems associated with that kind of thing. Like, you know, there are stories about iPhone users or like, you know, iPhone users with families whose kids get hold of it and then they, 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 they play some stupid like fish game and then they buy like fish food which actually is costing real money so they buy like you know a thousand dollars worth of fish food yeah then, uh, then the dad you know gets his credit card bill and dies of a heart attack on, yeah. on the porch that kind of thing let's hope that doesn't happen i, d I, I yeah i one thing i hope for with the downloadable content on the eShop though is that you can automatically just with the just like with the eShop, you can automatically add funds to your account mm-hmm mm -hmm. Because uh, you couldn't do that with uh, like the Wii downloadable content, and that was really annoying. Mm -hmm. Actually, Dan, I have a question. Do you have a credit card linked to any of your 3DSs? Uh, to my Japanese and my European one, yeah. So when you make a purchase, is there any kind of you know authorization that you need to do? Uh, when, yeah, I need you make to a uh, fill in uh, an, uh, a number password, yeah. Okay, so does it, is it what? Which password are you talking about? Your do you, do you make a password for the eShop? No, you have to make a password on the eShop for your credit card information, yeah. Okay, so there's kind of a little account system going on there at the moment, right? Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, so there is some security that you do have to put a password in, so, you know, little Billy can't, you know, buy 25,000 songs for <laughs> theatrism without asking his dad, right? <laughs> Like, look, Dad, I bought all the Final Fantasy songs. Yay. <laughs> Only $10 each. So I wonder how much these songs are going to cost. And do you know, is there any information about the, are they going to be song packs or individual songs? Or? Nothing about it. Just that there's 
downloadable content, basically. Okay. And that's it. If it will be like Square Enix did in the past, there will be uh, basically packs and and opportunities to buy them separately. Because mm-hmm. I know that there it's split into games, as in you know Final Fantasy games from one to thirteen. Mm-hmm. So um, it'd be interesting. I, I, I hope that they would have all thirteen Final Fantasy games in there to start with. Oh and God! You, you can I just buy so. buy. Extra I, I wonder. I game. wonder if they will st- still be going for mainstream Final Fantasy games, or that they will go for like offshoots, like Final Fantasy Tactics or something. Yeah, maybe even like Crystal Chronicles or something like that with the download. You mean with the downloadable content down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could, I could maybe see that. I mean, you know, because it's from all the from the demo that I played at TGS and stuff like that. It, you know, it's it's focused on the main line of the series, but I could definitely see maybe some of the downloadable contents being focused on some of the other stuff. At least add Final Fantasy 13, uh, 13 2, which is a way more superior game than Final Fantasy 13 hmm. in every fashion imaginable. Yeah, they might do that, you know, somewhere down the line this year. Yeah. It's it's not currently out in the West, right? So. Uh, no, it is out in Japan? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's out, it's out in Japan. Japan. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, that would be cool. Would you guys go for any DLC? Oh, w- w- will you guys be buying Theater Rhythm? Oh yeah, day one. Oh yeah. Oh, interesting. I will. I will buy the DLC too. Hell yeah! yeah. I, I probably, love Rhythm games. Yeah, I'll probably get all the DLC too because I'm a whore. So you know. Part of the problem, Danny. Part of the problem. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Hey, I, hey, I'm the, I'm the guy who bu- who bought Hanatsuna Miku in a week and then realized also I don't need all the DLC just to continue playing this game forever. <laughs> That's a is that a rhythm game as well, right? Yeah, I just love you love those games. rhythm games. <laughs> That's why I love Bitter so much. <laughs> so um, next bit of news, uh, Don from yeah. from Holland, um, <laughs> Netherlands. What Don't else have we got? Salting. I'm from the Netherlands. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the news basically is is that Hudson will. Cease to exist on March first. Boom! Um, it will be absorbed into Konami. Yay! Mm, which I, is, I don't like at all. <laughs> um, um, a year ago, for the people who don't remember, um, ha- Konami got all the shares from Hudson, and they were basically turned into a social uh, games developer for mobile phones. Um, so they, m- most people know them for supporting like the Wii and um, the DS heavily, and they had some stuff for 3DS in the works, like the Bomberman game, and they were working on Tetris for the 3DS, uh, which is still out, published by Nintendo. But um, back in the day, Hudson was working on it. Oh, by the way, also Beyblades Metal Masters was originally developed by Hudson, and I reviewed that game, and it, it's not too fun. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. So what basically happened is that uh, that Konami decided, okay, you are now a social media developer. Uh, uh, so, uh, some people left, like um, to NB Cube and to make Wii Party and uh, Wii Play Motion, and now the upcoming Mario Party Nine. And the other half stayed um, for no apparent reason. I can imagine. And uh, some some uh, big um, um, creators left, like from some uh, Japanese franchises. Um, also left Hudson because they didn't agree with the new direction. Mm-hmm. And 
now basically decided uh, of this week that uh, the remaining staff of Hudson, um, which I don't know what they were exactly doing in this last year, mm-hmm. um, are now basically turned into Konami Digital Entertainment. <laughs> and they said perhaps the franchises will continue, the new properties will be made, uh, but it will be all under the Konami name. So this is the end of Hudson, um, which kind of saddens me because I've played um, things like Lost and Shadow, and I, I kind of also like uh, Job Wanted on the Wii. Um, and there are some also the older stuff like on NES and Super Nintendo and Turbo Graphics, which I played intensely. So I and also Mario Party and a lot of others. So I have some intense fun memories of Hudson. So it makes me kind of sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like another one bites the dust, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's a big one, though. It's a big one for people who play retro gaming. Sure. Um, especially the uh, Adventure Island games, I think. Mm-hmm. Most people would say that those hard games are basically part of um, NES and SNES history. So, I don't know. What, uh, what do you guys think of it? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not... I didn't really play a lot of Hudson games like back in the day. A lot of the stuff that I played from Hudson was probably, you know, virtual console stuff that, uh, you know, when it first came out on the Wii, because I had never played it before. So, I, you know, I bought it, downloaded a lot of stuff. Um, but, I mean, it, it sucks to see something, you know, a company like this go that's been, you know, around for so long. Um, but, it, it, I mean, it's possible some of the franchises will still survive, but it, I don't know, it probably just won't be the same, you know. I mean, it's Konami. <laughs> Yeah. They like to screw up um, Metal Gear up every single year. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you don't need to worry about, you know, are they are they going to still be remaking games? Because, you know, <laughs> Hudson liked to remake games, and hey, guess what? So did Konami. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, I think I think Hudson always did a fateful job. Um, like the the recent ones, the recent Bomberman games for like DSiWare and WiiWare were fantastic. Like eight yeah, people true. playing on the Wii one. Uh, with GameCube controllers and four Wii remotes was just excellent. Hmm. Yeah, I um, forgot about that. And if you compare it to Konami, there's a big difference there. Hmm. But uh, time will tell how it will turn out. Um, I don't have the brightest of hopes for it, though. Hmm. Well, that's a down note to uh, finish the news <laughs> on, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, then. So uh, let's move on to some listener mail here. section as always uh, you can contact us at famicast at nintendoworldreport.com or you can swing by our little forum thread which is questions for the nwr japan crew um you can probably find a link in the in the th- in the talkback to this episode so swing by there and ask some questions and you can read the questions that we've already answered so this question is from that very forum thread this is from uh, no name 2200 and his question is, he asks, what's the Japanese reaction to the Vita been so far? Do you know people who have one? Uh, do you get the impression folks are waiting for a price drop? Um, I do not know anyone who has a Vita. Wait, I think Minoru has one. Oh, Minoru has one? Okay. I think so. And, um, and uh, Chokan, um, a friend of mine, 
um, which some of you might follow right now. Oh, um, yeah, I think I know Alex uh, Proctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Is this on Twitter? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. he's got one. Um, obviously, uh, people, the guys on the 8.4 podcast, they, they talk about their Vitas. I think they've all got Vitas. Uh, so I've, all I know is basically from what those guys have said. <laughs> um, I mean, I was in the supermarket yesterday in the electronics section. And uh, they completely kitted out the the game section with Vitas, playable Vitas, and <laughs> nobody was playing them. There was everyone was playing the 3DS ones, and there was even a Connect that had been set up, which which is my first experience of even seeing Connect in Japan. You know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, yeah. First of all, seeing an Xbox 360 in Japan is pretty rare, but then to see Connect, that's like yeah, super rare. Yeah, and it was like spazzing out, and people couldn't use it properly, and it wasn't working. That was quite funny. But yeah, the Vita, um, I was I was there on launch day, I think, and there was a, quite a big queue, mm-hmm. and lots of people buying them. But since then, not really. Mm-hmm. And there were plenty of games on the shelves. <laughs> Nobody seemed to be buying any games for it. From what I've heard, the game to the you know the ratio of games to systems is quite low for the Vita, maybe, but that could possibly be because people are downloading the games, could uh, be, n- not buying the memory yeah. cards or whatever you call them. I I recognized because I was doing the math um, like three days ago on the PlayStation Store, my PlayStation Three, and comparing um, buying the games digitally mm-hmm. to to actually importing them, and some of them were like ten euros cheaper to download. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the future. I mean that that's the only way that I would buy a full retail game. Uh, uh not buy a full retail game over a download game is if it is cheaper cuz you know, I'd rather I would pay if it's like a dollar cheaper for the download game. I'd rather pay the dollar and have the disc. Mm-hmm. That's just that's it. If it's $20, then I'm starting to think about it. But until it's that that, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, my only concern is because you know the, there's the limited size that you have for the memory cards for the for the Vita. I mean, 32 gigabytes. That's not bad. I'm not quite sure how many gigabytes like a game would be. Well, you know, if you really think about it, though, I'm pretty sure you can fit several games on you know to one one of those memory cards if you have the largest one. Um, even yeah. if you have an eight gigabyte one, I mean, you could probably still fit a few on there before you run. Which out are of space. quite quite hard to find, apparently the thirty two gig ones, and they're yeah. quite expensive, and they yeah, can about, they bring they bring up the price think, of the system to to import one. Um, just to I, I can only again I can only compare it in euros to get a thirty two gig one is like one hundred and twenty five euros. Yeah, I think I think I've seen them on Amazon here in Japan, and I, th- I thought they were like in stock actually, believe it or not. But um, they're around like Ichiman in uh, ten thousand yen or whatever. Um, well, in the media create charts, um, the Vita was outsold by the PSP, the Wii, uh, the 3DS, and the P- and the PS3. Uh, pretty, <laughs> pretty much everything, I think. Yeah, this week it's only sold eighteen thousand copies. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. Let's, let's just call yeah. it a, a lukewarm and, start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, what I talked about with um, Alex and Mino, um, they those are they are basically saying that it is a lack of Japanese games, hmm. um, which I can see. It, it still has high quality games like Uncharted, mm-hmm. and I think this week Wipeout is out in Japan, mm-hmm. um, which I'm both pretty interested in. Hmm. But it, it indeed, misses like Japanese games like Gravity Days or Luminous. 
Um, and also a lack of monster hunter might have to do it with something. <laughs> yeah, that could be it. I mean, it's it's pretty much pretty genius of uh, Iwata to get that deal done, uh, to get Monster Hunter exclusive for now on the 3DS right. and right. Monster Hunter 4. I mean, that is huge. I mean, maybe people in the West can't quite comprehend how big that is. I mean, we haven't had a, a Nintendo exclusive huge game like this since like Resident Evil on the GameCube. Like huh. Nintendo don't do this. They don't pay for exclusives like at all. So this is pretty huge that they would do this. <laughs> so I, I think it was the, I think it pretty much was the turning moment for the 3DS in Japan when <laughs> they announced it at a Nintendo uh, con- a Nintendo conference in September. Yeah. That was a big deal like everybody everyone at the end saw Monster Hunter 4 coming to 3DS a new project. My job drop to the ground in one second. Yeah. Right, yeah. It, it's pretty unbelievable. And, you know, like you said, James, even if that is, you know, just exclusive to the 3DS for now, mm-hmm. I mean, it, sure, it's possible that, you know, the Vita could get something like this. But, I mean, you know, what it would be is basically probably just an up version of the 3DS version, which wouldn't be, like, bad. But, you no. know what I mean? It just, what? it just... Yeah. yeah, the Vita is, would, if, if it does get a Monster Hunter, it will be portable third HD. It'll be mm-hmm. the PSP game in HD. Right. It, it won't but be isn't that game. already on PlayStation 3? Yeah, exactly. That It'll just be yeah. that or some version of that. Or Monster Hunter 4 HD or 4G HD ZXP, <laughs> you know, whatever. Well, they can't because that's now an officially a Nintendo version. Like, like Try is, an, is a Nintendo platform game. It's a Nintendo platform version of Monster Hunter. Try would would never be on a Sony platform. That's why Try G, yeah. That's why they make four G instead of just yeah. four. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think four will be on another platform. To be really honest, no. With you. If if they do, it'll be like called Quattro, and it'll be on Wii U or something like that. But, <laughs> um, yeah, it won't be on any other. It won't be on a Sony platform. I I am not sure what they could do to turn the Vita around in Japan. I, I'm pretty sure it will do fine over time and in its own merits. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean everything does crap the first, you know, couple of months. You know, you, you can't just sign it off after this short yeah. amount of time. It's like not everything's going to be like the Wii when it first came out. You know, it's just no. This is I don't know, kind of typical, I guess. You know, it's not. Yeah. And also the fact that the 3DS did a, had a price drop because they started off at, as the same price as the Vita, and I, mm-hmm. I was worried at that point. I was like, the Vita looks so much better. Oh yeah, for two hundred and fifty dollars, like, like damn, like that huge multi-touch screen and like just amazing OLED screen, and like for the same price as a 3DS. Yeah, the thing is, I'm pretty interested in that system, but uh, the games I want to buy are indeed like, but maybe also the Japanese ones. I'm also pretty much looking forward to uh, Gravity Days and playing Luminous on my system. I'm not very yeah. interested in Uncharted because I know what that experience is like. And I think pretty sure that the Japanese audience isn't interested in that game in the slightest. <laughs> it also seems like Sony haven't really learnt anything from the PSP. I mean, like the games that sold well on PSP, I mean, they weren't the console experience on the handheld. <laughs> you know, those are the games that people didn't like the least. There were ones that were custom made for the PSP, like Monster Hunter and uh, the Metal Gear uh, Peace Walker, which were designed for the PSP. Those were the best sellers in Japan. There were these kind of like ad hoc team play games that uh, you know high school kids can play together. Yeah. Uh, what I like though about uh, the PlayStation Vita is how they handle actually 
um, the digital versions of the PSP games. You can, for example, do some um, some with the graphics to make it uh, look worthwhile in your Vita, or you can uh, input the right stick to play with that. Mm, yeah, that's cool. Uprezzing and yeah, like DualShock yeah. kind of style add-ons for the controls. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm pretty much looking forward to having little things like that, but um, we'll have to see what it does, how it does in the West next month, um, basically, because it's it's not looking too hot right now. Um, maybe we'll do better, but it all depends on the software, right? And and I'm not sure how much it will go well with the Japanese audience. Yeah, I mean, yeah. when it comes to Japanese developers, too, I mean, you know, if you look back at, the, the, you know, the PSP and DS generation and stuff like that, I mean, you know, the, the development costs were a heck of a lot lower than what they would be to develop something probably, you know, for the Vita, where it's essentially, you know, a handheld PS3, you know, essentially, you know, so, I mean, the development costs would presumably be higher than what they would have been for last generation, whereas maybe something on the 3DS wouldn't be nearly as high as, you know, kind of maybe more around what they would have, you know, paid to make something for, like, a, a PSP game or something, you know. Um, so I think, you know, in Japan, that could have, uh, it can be a pretty big factor, I think. Well, still right now, the best thing about the Vita is the Vita. It's not the games. Like yeah. for me, there are there are no games that interest me at all on the on the Vita as of now. But I am very interested in the hardware. Oh yeah. And when I when I hear about the the feature called Nia, I thought that was really interesting. But um, I thought it was like they're going to be made a more advanced version of Street Pass. It's kind of like you know this almost like radar system where you can like ping like a hundred meters radius around where you are and find out you know where other people are and what they're playing and stuff that thought that's awesome but then i find out that's only if you have the 3g version and only if somebody's like playing a game at that point so you could pass by people and not know you know that they have a vita so it's a huge missed on opportunity at the moment yeah. anyway i'm i'm possibly picking up one at a european launch um I don't know. We'll see, I'll see how it goes. Um, it, the European launch lineup seems pretty solid, and I think the American one is also pretty similar. It's like 30 games or so on launch. And there's like a Rayman, the Rayman Origins version for Vita, um, all the big first party stuff from Sony, including like Gravity Days and, and all the stuff that already released in Japan. So it's, it's looking pretty solid, and there's definitely a few games I want to pick up, but. Uh, I don't know what why it's doing so bad in Japan. I have no idea, really. And it kind of depresses me, because well, <laughs> I really want to enjoy the system. People are happy with the PSPs. You know, they're cheaper, they can play Monster Hunter on it, and, you know, all their friends have it. You know, why go for a Vita where, you know, it doesn't have the games that you want? Um, more expensive. Yeah, exactly. It'll take some time, but, I mean, you know, I think it'll hit its stride here after a while. Well... For Christ's sake, the D the DS Lite and the DS XL they're still selling yeah, in Japan, and they, and they sold way after you know after the 3DS launched. Yeah, there's always going to be that crossover, you know, six months a year where people are still buying the old system. You know, it'll happen for the Wii, the Wii U as well. The Wii will sell, you know, probably into 2013 with you know budget titles and all bullshit that we're not interested in. So you know, it's just a crossover uh, time right now. Um, so the last bit of No Name's uh, uh, question, he said, uh, what are our most anticipated games for this year? Uh, bonus points if it's some wacky Japan-only thing that will never see the light of day here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I don't have any of those. Um, my most anticipated game as of now 
is uh, still biohazard revelations, uh, Resident Evil revelations, and the, the Wii U launch, obviously. That's my most anticipated thing. What about you guys? Um, I have a few. Um, all good people die in time travelers are two um, um, story-based games for the 3DS I'm very interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, one from Level 5, one from Chansoft. Um, Tell you with them Final Fantasy, of course, which we talked about earlier. I like with them games. Um, Hatsune Miku is another one. Um, and oh. with them Thief. So that's the trio of uh, <laughs> with them games that we'll be playing. Yeah, yeah that, that's the trio of Rhythm games that I will be playing uh, the next couple of months, which is nice because uh, one of one one each every month, so that's pretty good. Um, Don, I'm picturing you going to these kind of like all night raves on the weekend, you know, just to get your <laughs> rhythm fix. You know, you just you just you're just a constantly you're just constantly dancing. You're always in rhythm. <laughs> is that true? <laughs> No. No. Okay. no. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> only on the only on the inside. Yeah. I I just enjoy random games and yeah, that's about that's the old gust of it really. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of Japan, the last mm-hmm. story will come to Europe next month. That's also something I'm very interested in. You've already played that in Japanese, right? Yeah, but uh, I will play it again in English just to see how the voice acting is like, um, and especially to play also with uh, European friends online. Nice. I wonder if it'll have British voice acting. Danny? Possibly. <laughs> Danny, that's your cue. <coughs> right on. Okay, tell you how. But was that your... <laughs> that's a kind of recurring yeah. theme with the yeah. uh, Famicast. Some uh, racist comment from yes. Danny. Excuse me. <laughs> and the final game that I'm interested in is Mario Party 9. Hmm. Which is coming out First in Europe on March second, nine days before America. See what NOA did there? Yeah, and then it doesn't come out in Japan. I think until like April twenty sixth or something. It's yeah, kind of bizarre. Well, if you add all those numbers together, then it's <laughs> there we go. A, a minus something, then it'll yeah. equal nine. Yeah. So, Danny, what about you? Um, not really too much. I mean. Uh, like Don, I'm really interested in uh, theater and Final Fantasy. I don't know after after kind of hearing about it and then playing the demo um i just think it it's really fun it's really cool i like rhythm games i like final fantasy so it's kind of like a good marriage of the two and um outside of that i'm you know i just here recently there was a trailer for resident evil 6 that was shown off and uh it's supposed to come out this year and um it looks pretty cool um I'm not I, I won't say anything suggestive on the podcast, but did you see, did you saw what the six looks like? Oh yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just sent you that link, right, Danny? Yeah, you did, and I was like, oh god, I, I can't, first... I can't unsee that now. Yeah, I can't. Yes, yesterday, yesterday I saw it before I went to sleep, and I said, "Thank you, internet." Now <laughs> I will go to bed with that mental image. Thank you so very much. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. I didn't even think about that. Then I read the post. I was like, "Wait, what?" It's like, oh, stay away from wow. zoos. That's all I'll say. Yeah, God, or, to- or Toys R Us. Jesus Christ! Oh God, now you've got that image in my mind. Now, I'm never gonna go. <laughs> and now everybody from the podcasting list- listening audience will look it up. What the hell we're talking about? <laughs> oh God! Oh God! Cool. <sighs> <sighs> right then. <laughs> so uh, let's read the next question. Uh, uh, Danny, could you read the question from E. Jama? 
Yo, EJMan. Okay, here we go. A question from EJMer. A question for you guys. My wife, who doesn't speak a lick of Japanese, swore to me that Freaky Form's voices are simple Japanese phrases and that sound options mainly just adjust the pitch frequency. Is she right, or is it just gibberish? Well, what it is, it's kind of like Japanese gibberish. Uh, so it's like, it's almost like they're taking Japanese words or kind of like phrases or even just like ways that people talk, and it's just not making any sense. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, you're right. I mean, what, when you're changing the little pitch and stuff like that, you're just changing, you know, yeah. how deep the voice is or how high it is. Um, one of my personal favorites, I think in Japanese, it's like, angry or something like that and the guy's always like rah, 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 rah. It's kind of keeps doing like that and it's insane and crazy but it's kind of like what you would see is like a i guess like a, a japanese gangster or some guy who thinks he's a badass goes around i think i know that guy oh <laughs> you know that guy it's yeah, actually that voice me. he just did yeah it's actually me but, <laughs> <laughs> no but it, it's just kind of just a bunch of nonsense um but yeah <laughs> So Jap- yeah, that's that's a good way to describe it though. Japanese gibberish, right? Because you know, there's English gibberish and then right. Japanese gibberish, right? Yeah, because I mean, you know, I, I've only played the Japanese version of the game, so I mean, originally I just thought I didn't know if they're going to redo the voice stuff at all. Because I mean, it does sound very Japanesey, but it, like I said, it's just Japanese gibberish. <laughs> so just um, just think about like Animal Crossing. That's also Japanese gibberish. Yeah, so gibberish. <laughs> that's there true. But Tamagotchi Collection is that? Not Tamagotchi, sorry, Tomodachi. Tam- Tomodachi. Um, it actually, that actually is spoken Japanese with a sort of autotune-like fashion. Yeah, I thought so because Japanese is a lot as a language is easier to do those text-to-speech things, isn't it? Because Japanese doesn't have as many intonations as English. So that's that's yeah. also the reason why it didn't came to Europe and America because of the all the things they had to change to make that happen for other languages. Yeah, exactly. So that's probably why we'll never see it, ever. Hmm. Hmm. This last question is from Super, or S-U-P-E-R, and uh, he asks, uh, he's quoting someone else here, and his quote from his friend or something, and he says, uh, Speaking of American-style pizza, Domino's Japan is pretty damn sneaky, in a good way, for foreigners. They have an English site filled with special deals that you can only get on the English website, deliberately catering to foreigners. I felt so baller getting a medium pizza and a 1.5 liter Coke for 500 yen, which wow. is, uh, how much is that? Six bucks or something. So uh, Super says uh, he checked out the Domino's Japan English site and it seems like the pizzas start at 1,500 yen. Can you figure out if there's any uh, a secret knock or something? <laughs> is, that, is that an American phrase? I don't know. A secret knock? I don't get that. Um, like, like, like a password or something. Like, oh, like a secret way in or something to get oh, to this. Okay, I think we'd say the secret na- word. I think we'd say knack in in British English. There's wow. a knack to it. Well, you're um, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so he's he's absolutely right. There, the pieces do start at one thousand five hundred yen. I mean, I've got Domino's pizza on my uh, favorites here. I can go. I can go straight. To <coughs> <that>. <laughs> um, uh. Yeah, pizza in Japan is very expensive, especially from those American brands like Domino's and Pizza Hut and stuff like that. I, I mean, well, any any of them actually, even the Japanese ones, yeah. they're expensive. Well, I'm I'm quite a connoisseur of ordering Japanese pizza. I usually order a pizza about once a week, actually. Um, yeah. 
in my city, we have two pizza places. We have Pizza Hut, and then we have Pizza La. It's a Jap- like a Japanese uh, pizza place. They have buried in their menus, usually not online. Online, you kind of find this stuff, but unlike their little, they, they usually drop off crap in your mailbox that you don't want <laughs> yeah. um, all the time. So, you, you know, you get all this type of crap that you don't even know what it is sometimes. But anyway, so you, you get like this thing, and on the Pizza Hut one and on the Pizza Law one, there is essentially something that's a plain cheese pizza. And it usually, for like a medium, uh, it starts out at like 1,000 or 1,100, something like that. Um, and then you add toppings for like three or 400 yen and you can get like a medium pizza for like, you know, 13, 1400 yen. Um, and you know, get it delivered to your house and that's a pretty good deal as opposed to like a specialty pizza, which medium sometimes start out at like 2000 to 2500 yen. So, I mean, that's essentially like 23 to like 30 bucks for a pizza. Okay. I've got it open here, Dan. Um, so I'm looking at the Domino's, uh, pizza the English uh, mm-hmm. menu here online. Mm-hmm. They've got something called a Giga Meat, and uh, it's a, <laughs> the description says it's meat, meat, meat. Um, I think it's got meat on it. Maybe. So uh, <laughs> the medium is two thousand two hundred yen, and the large is three thousand four hundred yen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and large would be I don't know about thirty centimeters. You know, maybe it's not as big as they are in the states. And just a plain margarita, just straight up cheese and tomato, and a medium is like one thousand nine hundred yen. So how big is that in yards? <laughs> Six yards. <laughs> so that would be like almost like set fifteen pounds or like sixteen, seventeen pounds in British money. I don't know about in uh, in American money. Almost two thousand yen. How much is that? It'd probably be like twenty three bucks, twenty two bucks. Something that, like that's that. That's for a plain cheese and tomato, God. small size pizza. It's crazy. Wow. So here's the knack. So uh, Domino's Pizza have an app, which I think I've talked about on the Famicast before, because that's the only app that I need to log into my Japanese account, mm-hmm. my Apple account, to update, which is a pain <laughs> in the ass. And you can play games on it, and uh, you win points. For the playing these little mini games, and when you when you save up like say a thousand points, then you can trade them for a coupon, and then the coupon will give you whatever like you know five hundred yen off, or it'll give you free side order of uh, fries or something like that, or a free coke. Um, but also on top of that, you can um, enter this kind of like quiz show when you order a order a pizza online, so you get five percent off anyway for ordering online which is good but then you play this quiz show and you can choose easy medium and hard and if you choose hard you can get 50 percent off your pizza wow hmm. so yeah half price pizza basically on top of the five percent off and on top of the coupons you might have got from playing the games so the questions on the hard setting are incredibly difficult and obviously this is in japanese this is not on the english side this is only on the japanese side um hmm. So the questions are so hard. It's like, you know, it's like, what is the emperor's, like, kanji that's written on his, like, badge that he only wears on this day or something? And it's like, you can't even Google these questions. Like, they're really, really hard on purpose. And, but there's this one guy who's, like, set up this website dedicated to answering all these questions. So (laughs) I got it saved on my bookmarks. So I click the hard question. I go to his website, I put in the right answer, and I get 50% off every time. So because, <laughs> because, I, know, because I know I'm know i going to get 50% off, 
I on purposely choose like the most expensive pizza. So I'm getting like 5,000 yen pizzas. You know, Jeez. like how much is that? Like 40, 45 dollars or something? That's like 60 bucks or 60 something, man. <laughs> $60 pizza. So. I'm adding, you know, double of everything. And then I get it half price and plus all the other coupons. And so I've got like 5,000 yen pizzas for like a like, uh, thousand yen. <laughs> wow Damn. you know with um Pizzola, like i have an online account set up with them but it's so dumb because okay you okay you know I, when i was in america i worked for like a i worked at a call center and stuff like that and we always tried to emphasize to our customers self-service because it doesn't cost us as much as what it does to cost to talk to somebody who's actually a living breathing person you know but and you you would think that this would maybe carry over to this pizza company in Japan, but no. <laughs> it's like, hey, you have to have a minimum order of like 1,800 yen or you can't order online. It's like, what? So you want me to like call you or go there and that's just so baffling to me. I, I don't understand that. So I can never order a pizza online because I'm usually spending like – 1750 yen and you know the minimum is like 1800 so like are you freaking kidding so soda a coke come on well it's like ah i have three cokes now okay great loosen (laughs) loosen the purse strings danny come on hey shut up (laughs) (laughs) you got this tiny little pizza well i don't mind just calling them too but it's just kind of annoying this tiny little 35 dollar (laughs) pizza So yeah, they are they are pretty much like a like a delicacy, like a speciality yeah. food, rather than just yeah. you know something to get when right. you're drunk or something. Yeah, but I mean, like I said, you can if you dig around and like at least at least for Pizza Hut and Pizza La, I mean, there is like a plain cheese pizza that you can get and just add toppings, and you can get away with it for like probably fifteen hundred yen. So it's like pretty reasonable. Yeah. Reasonable in quotation I mean, marks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, compared to America, where you can get sometimes a large pizza with an infinite amount of toppings for like ten bucks. I mean, come on, it's just oh, not going to happen here. God, I'm so hungry right now. <laughs> 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 right then. Well, I think that's about it, right? For letters, that's all we got. Right. Okay, so that's about it. So let's just give out our Twitter handles quickly. I'm at Family Complicated. I'm Danny. at Danny Biv. Done. Uh, I'm at Nintendo. And Matt, who's not here, he's Gypsy Otoko, and Minoru is NWR underscore Minoru. And, uh, yeah, so you can join us on Twitter and listen to my tweets about, you know, I'm usually complaining about bizarre things on Japanese TV or, you know, some weird thing that I saw, so always fun. I am I'm usually complaining about sports on television, <laughs> uh, talking about uh, about video games, and usually tweeting some info about upcoming releases. And I'll just be making fun of you. <laughs> Whoever's listening, you. Okay, not really. But I thought you were pointing at me. Aww. No, I won't. <laughs> oh, I love you guys. Danny, <clears throat> you, you just troll me, basically. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> Alright, and that's going to do it for us here today. Be sure to check out the other podcasts we have at NintendoWorldReport.com. Uh, there's, of course, Radio Free Nintendo, which you're probably getting as a subscription-based thing. But if you haven't already, go ahead and rate and review us on iTunes. Definitely appreciate that. Also, be sure to check out some of the other podcasts, uh, Connectivity. Actually, us three, we were on an episode here recently talking about uh, demos and stuff like that there. So you might want to give that a listen. Um, it's always a good time there. A lot of different voices from all over the site participate. It's really, really great time and also we have radio trivia which is always a lot of fun 
So take care. Have a great night. Okay. Yep. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, Don. That is it. And Famicrew out. Oh,